Please be seated. And you can open up your pew Bibles to 1 Corinthians. We are going to read from the 11th chapter. We are going to start with verse 17, not with verse 14, but with verse 17, and read through verse 26. Now, I'm going to warn you, this is an interesting thing, and I chose it for a reason for World Communion Sunday, because as you can imagine, when Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, they were usually in trouble. And so that's why he was writing to them. And in this case, they were in trouble because when it was time to have communion, they were not doing so equally. So 
some people were, uh, were coming together and having a big meal, and then other people who would work long hours would get there, and there would be nothing for them. And Paul heard about that. And so that's what Paul's going to talk about as we start with verse 17, as he's trying to remind them about what communion is about and how we are supposed to participate in communion together. We are supposed to commune with one another. And so he is going to give them that reminder. We are going to read some of this on this World Communion Sunday when churches all across the globe are participating as we remember that when we participate in communion today, it's not just us, but we are joining together with all of our siblings in Christ all across the globe. So we are going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting with verse 17. If you are ready to hear the word of Paul, as spo- or the word of God as spoken by the Apostle Paul, will you please say, Amen. Amen. Starting with verse 17. Now, in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you and that some, to the some extent, I believe it. Indeed, there have been factions among you, for only so it will become clear who among you are genuine. When you come together, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead and eats your own supper, and one goes hungry, and another becomes drunk. What? Do you not have homes to eat and to drink in? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you in this matter? I do not commend you. For I received from the Lord what was handed on to you, and the Lord Jesus on that night, when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. And will you join with me in a moment of prayer? Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to join together with our hearts and minds, with our siblings in Christ all across the globe. May they feel our presence and may we feel their presence as we join together with the power of the Holy Spirit, as we meditate upon your holy word and pray for one another and lift each other up. May we feel the power of the Holy Spirit and your presence all of us, all across the globe. And now, Lord, we pray that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. So when Reverend Hugh Thompson Kerr, a Presbyterian minister at Shadyside Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, came up with the idea for World Communion Sunday in 1933, I am wondering if he had had a bit of a 
Paul moment because something called for Reverend Kerr to create a Sunday that was rooted in unity across not all Christian churches, but even across all denominations where he invited Christian churches from every denomination to participate in this World Communion Sunday event. And I think that something that he witnessed in the world in 1933 sparked this call for Christian unity. Maybe it was the Great Depression. Maybe it was inequality. Maybe it was poverty. Maybe it was segregation. We don't know what it was, but something that that pastor and probably other pastors as well witnessed called for a cry of Christian unity. And I say that he had a Paul moment because Paul definitely had moments like this. I mean, read through his letters to the Corinthians. I mean, if you just want to like be like, read some dramatic stuff, anybody like to read dramatic? books sometimes. If you like to, open up Paul's first and second letters to the Corinthians. Believe me, you will find some serious drama in there that he was trying to help to straighten out. So when I say that he had a Paul moment, I say that for a reason, because there were members of the church who were poor and worked long hours. They were out in the fields until after the sun went down. And when they would come together with their Christian community to participate in communion, when they came together to eat the meal and drink the cup, when they came together to remember the Lord's Supper as they would do, when they came together with this big event, the people who had been working in the fields until late at night, the people who who had long hours, they got to the church, they got to the place where they were worshiping, and there was no food remaining, and there was no wine left to drink, because everybody who had more, everybody who didn't need to work those long hours, everybody else, they got there early, and they ate their fill until their bellies were nice and full, and they drank that wine until they were drunk, so much so that there was nothing left for the others. And this is when they were supposed to be participating in communion. They were supposed to be coming together and remembering the Lord's sacrifice and remembering the Lord's supper. They were supposed to be coming together as a community of faith to do this. And instead, some had more than they needed and others came in and there was nothing left. That's what Paul had witnessed. So if Paul sounded a little bit angry in what we just read, believe me, he was. And he was rightfully angry. He was angry for that reason because he wanted to teach the church that that kind of thing couldn't fly in their their congregation. That, that was not an acceptable kind of behavior, but, but instead they needed to be united. They needed to love one another. They needed to care for one another. Those who had much needed to share with those who had little. That goes back to the origin of the Christian church. They needed to care for one another. So Paul told them that when they came together as a church, they needed to make sure that they were looking out for one another and not just for themselves. The idea of looking out only for yourself was an old idea, and that was one that Jesus had told us to leave behind. So he said that they needed to look out for one another. They needed to learn how to wait for one another, how to find a way where they could be together and come together as a Christian community, and they needed to remember what Paul said, I think, even better in his letter to the Galatians than he did in his letter to the Corinthians. But when he said, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for all of us are one in Christ Jesus. 
I'm guessing that Reverend Kerr back in 1933 had a similar experience when he came up with the idea for World Communion Sunday because according to my History Channel research, because that's as far as my research got with this, because yesterday was a really busy day and this week was a really busy week. So my, my extent of research really relied on the History Channel. So according to the History Channel, too bad we don't have Dr. Sarah Hanley Cousins to help me out with this history part here today, but according to my History Channel, research, 1933 was actually one of the worst years during the Great Depression. It was actually one of the worst years. Do we have any historians here now that I'm not seeing any? Okay, so take my word for this and my, and my word from the History Channel that 1933 was one of the worst years for the Great Depression. Thousands of banks were closed. 15 million people were unemployed and people were hurting. And when they came together to worship on Sunday morning, I am sure that those pastors realized that there was a great division among a lot of their people. I'm sure that as that church came together on Sunday morning, all of the different churches, I'm sure that the communities started to seem so much different from one another. And I'm sure that these pastors started to recognize some disunity within the churches and within congregations and within denominations, so much so that I think God lit a fire under Reverend Kerr. God lit a fire under Reverend Kerr and said there needs to be a call for unity. There needs to be a call and a reminder that we are all brothers and sisters. There needs to be a call and a reminder that no matter what we have, no matter what we own, no matter anything, We are all one in Christ Jesus. So as we come here today on this World Communion Sunday, it's a special day because we are reminded of the need and the call for unity. As we come here on this World Communion Sunday, we are reminded that when we enter into those church doors or when we enter into any church doors, that we enter as brothers and sisters and siblings of Christ. When we enter through those church doors, we need to remember what the Apostle Paul would want us to remember, that we are a part of the family of God. Whether we are confident in our faith and we can wear our faith on our sleeves or if we're just kind of dipping our toe into this whole church and spiritual stuff and we're not too sure what in the world this crazy pastor is talking about right now, you know, no matter where we fall on that spiritual spectrum, we are welcome here. We need to remember that, that whether we've stood in a courtroom as a judge or as an attorney, or maybe we've sat in that hot seat and we've got ourselves into a little bit of trouble before, when we come through those doors, we are welcome here. We need to remember that whether we drove into this church in the nicest possible car, or we are praying that when we leave this sanctuary, that when we turn that key, that car starts, no matter how we got ourselves here, we are welcome here. We need to remember that whether we grew up as that teacher's pet or maybe we were the class clown who got sent to the principal's office a few too many times, we need to remember that we are welcome here. We come here to this place. We come here to the church that's not our church, but it's God's church. We come here to this place and we come together to fellowship together to pray together, to eat together, to celebrate together. And we do so knowing that no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, 
No matter what our background might be, we are welcome in this house of God. Can anyone say amen to that? No matter where we have been, no matter what our future looks like, no matter what, there is room for us in this house of God. Whether you are here every single Sunday or maybe it's your first time walking into a church in God knows how many years and you're like, thank you, Lord, that this place didn't burn down right now. No matter what, you are welcome here. That is the message that we need to remember on World Communion Sunday, that no matter who walks through those doors, no matter what, whoever comes here to be a part of this community of faith, no matter what, no matter who comes here to participate in Holy Communion, no matter what, we are brothers and sisters and siblings of Christ here to love one another and support one another and pray for one another, especially when times get tough. We are here to be the church with one another. And no matter what, we are all welcome here. So on this World Communion Sunday, as we think about when Paul was not too happy with that unity in that church in Corinth, when we think about whatever it was that sparked that desire for Reverend Kerr to make sure that, that he had this call for unity, we need to make sure that everybody who walks through those doors knows that they're welcome. So do me a favor and turn to your neighbor and tell him you are welcome here. You are welcome here. You are welcome here. And everybody who walks through those doors, they are welcome here. As we come to this table to remember our Lord Jesus, to remember his sacrifice, do you realize he sacrificed for us? But not just us. He sacrificed for the person out there who hasn't stepped church for a, into church for a long time. He sacrificed for all of us, and so we come here on this World Communion Sunday to remember this sacrifice and to remember that all of us are welcome here. All of us are worthy of God's love. All of us are worthy of God's redemption. All of us are welcome here, and we will never, ever forget that, will we, church? No. We are welcome in this place. And on this World Communion Sunday, will you join with me in a moment of prayer? Holy and loving God, we lift up prayers for churches all across the globe. We lift up prayers for churches that can't worship today because they were devastated by hurricanes and natural disasters. We ask that you bless them and let them feel your presence. We pray for churches that are gathered in small houses and small communities and rural places. We ask that they feel your Holy Spirit and that we feel that same spirit as well. We pray for those who love to be in church and would want to be in church so much right now, but they are stuck in some place where they can't move and they can't get out, and so they're stuck at home and, and they can't make it to church. We pray for them. We pray for all of those who are connecting with us virtually in any way, and, and we pray for them. We, we ask that you bless everybody who is worshiping you today one way or another, that we can all gather together and feel the presence of your Holy Spirit as we unite together as one church, as your church, not as our own church, but as your church. And Lord, we pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus our Lord, and together we say, Amen. Amen.